Nora played the fuck out of herself several times with her caudacity. But when you go in someone's damn house and you try to get in their grill? Yeah. I should have warned you, sis. She was going home in tears. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 6, Lens. This episode premiered November 8th of 2015. This was my birthday. I don't remember what year because, you know, math is not my best skill. And <laughs> I have, I, I know it, I, I had given birth. That's that's for damn sure. But I said it like it was like 20 years ago. It's like five years ago. <laughs> it's so fucking terrible. <laughs> I said I was bad at math. I was not kidding. So this episode was written by Tom Perota and Damon Lindelof, directed by Craig Zobel, who worked on Outcast, which I've never watched because the first episode was creepy as hell. And I don't do that. And he directed my favorite episode of Westworld. I kind of know my one of my favorite episodes anyway. For this episode, I gave it a rating of 8.8 out of 10. I really like the character moments between Erica and Nora. (laughs) This little dance they were doing the entire episode. One may say the battle of the, the wives that have really really awful husbands (laughs) with their damn problems but we will get there but most of the episode was a little slower paced and in some aspects that i didn't thoroughly enjoy one the opening throwaway scene that we had it was going somewhere but then didn't go somewhere at least we didn't see this man once he was introduced and i guess that's fine but just an odd way to start the perspective of the episode and then where we ended it just weird that's just my personal opinion though i have been listening to a few i would have only no only one episode of bald moves coverage of the leftovers since i uh and watching this five years later, I didn't realize there was a lot of lost type uh, information where people looked into the titles and shit <laughs> and different quotes. And they had really dug deep the way they do in Westworld. I have not done that at all in this show, but I figured, hey, I'm already jumping in. <laughs> this is just a real time reaction. Ain't no research involved whatsoever to try to find the deeper meetings and hidden conspiracies and yada yada yeah i was not part of that club and i'm sure it has already been dissected enough i have nothing great to add so i will continue on just my coverage of the show and (laughs) not do a whole bunch of bunch of research papers trying to look for deeper meaning but i am and if you're looking for a podcast that's the one i found thus far that goes deep into that i'm sure there's others 
But it turned out I had missed quite a few things in the first episode where they were talking about the meaning of the name or the location of the of where Jarden was and we got some of that in this episode so I'm glad that the things they popped or were quickly aware of that I missed I did get an opportunity to get some explanation like about the goat and the the woman in her wedding dress all of that stuff so let's just go ahead and get into the recap I think I've rambled enough a man is screaming on his phone about correlation and we follow him to miracle we see that the missing girl story has hit the washington post so this is national news turns out this guy is a researcher and i did chuckle when he told trooper dan i am not putting my shit through this fucking machine I did like the A-E-I-O-U song that was playing during this montage. Apparently, no one thinks that the girls have departed or wouldn't Miracle not be Miracle anymore because business is clearly still booming. This was the question I had and I'm glad that I wasn't the only black woman (laughs) in town asking it. We see the man with his goat, Jerry. And I guess the story is, and I wrote this in my notes before, she even screamed about it, that he slaughtered a goat some days before the departure. And then he was locked up in jail. And now people think that possibly could be what keeps the town safe. And since no one can say what kept the town safe, everything is fair game, it would seem. He rides this rented golf car in the town and knocks on Erica's door asking if this is Evangeline's house. She says, who the hell are you? He starts taking the photos, does not ask permission, then goes over to the Garvey's. Nora answers the door. He continues to ask a lot of intrusive questions without giving any answers of his identity other than to say he's a researcher and the fact that he needs to do some tests or ask additional questions so i would have to kick his shit off of my porch and say get out of here because you're taking measurements and you're asking about my departed children and that is a touchy subject and it's only 5 a.m in the morning We see that Erica hasn't left her porch. She's watched the whole thing and she asks if she's okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. So in the middle of the night, before the credits roll, Nora throws a rock at the Murphy residence. So I am really wondering at this moment, what is nora's game here at first i thought well maybe she is a little angry about what happened with the whole mary situation because she checks on her next then she gets a call from the more calm i thought her name was allison research doctor saying i wanted to talk to you i'm sorry about my colleague he uh doesn't have people skills but she hangs up on the lady 
Kyo comes down, offers to feed Mary because she says that she has not had any sleep. But instead of being a person who needs to go back to bed, she's a person who needs to get some sex from Kevin, who has just woken. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I don't want to like a quick peck in the in the morning. That's fine. Uh, sex. Whereas we are both in bed and we got stank breath. That's that's you know. I can probably work with that a little bit. Not a whole bunch of deep, passionate kissing, but at least, you know, we could do what it do. Um, however, if I have been up and brushed my teeth, <laughs> uh, nah, 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 I could wait. I'm good. Or at least I'm not doing actual mouth kissing. Do I feel like a whole ass snob? Yes, I do, but I have, that's my thing. I like clean breath. I'm one of those weird people too. I are like, yeah, we can have sex. Let's just go brush our teeth first. <laughs> but that's ruining the mood. Well, is it? I mean, again, no one said hat kissing had it. I'm on this way too long. Apparently, John half slept through. Well, the baby interrupted sexy times, by the way. Then we have Erica who's checking her emails. I love the way in which the audio goes completely silent when she does not have her hearing aid in. I wonder if this is a lifestyle she prefers without her hearing aid. I have heard many conversations in the deaf community that some people feel more natural without it. That once they start getting all these sensations, particularly if they grew up without hearing aids, I don't know her whole entire story. But if she did grow up and this is like something fairly recent within the last 10 years of her life, I wonder if she feels a certain solace with having them out because she does keep them out a, a good deal of the time. But I'm also not someone who wears hearing aids. It could be uncomfortable to have them in all day. But this is where I was going with apparently John slept through the fact that a rock went through the window. And of course she didn't hear because she has um hearing aids and she does not put them in when she's sleeping why would she i wonder if nora knew this i'm thinking she did not because john should have naturally woke the fuck up and i that was the first thing i said until they showed this scene i'm like who, who didn't how do you notice in the sun's out uh where is michael because i felt like he was a forgotten character and i still kind of feel that way not that i mind i'm not particularly that interested on a teen love story so whatever him and jill doing off screen finding their love for each other let it happen and if you just want to give me a, a episode dipping into that that's perfectly fine that's actually great but uh she tells him he knows why someone is throwing rocks through the window and he's like oh think that's it there's also a person at their door that they're trying to avoid his name is george brevity he works for dsd he starts to ask norica a question and she's like identify yourself i don't know who you are and i have my chocolate baby in my arms but once she finds out he's from the dsd that's 
where she used to well she still works apparently she is on leave this is the longest leave i've ever heard now these girls have been missing for three weeks how long is this then again then again she has two departed children that leave those benefits could be really different like how they've changed covid visit uh benefits for your 401k so that's possible it's possible but she is much more friendlier when she realizes that he is there to see about secondary departure because she works in benefits he works in departures secondary uh he tells her she was lucky and he's like what do you mean she's like what do you mean by that it's like yeah you you got a house here you know because everyone's trying to buy a house here although i feel as if there are more people in the world (laughs) like millionaires that would have real estate i mean they would have bought some people out maybe some would leave maybe some wouldn't but yeah if there was a house on the market and mind you she didn't have to pay three million for this i feel as if anyone else could have scooped that up she just happened to be there at the right time but even then i feel they were like eh, we just have a guy around someone that they would tip off like let me know when a house goes on the market so he's trying to hound the murphys because he needs to ask them the questionnaires to confirm that their or their daughter has indeed departed in a in a wave of second departures which some are still speculating or we definitely know nora thinks is not a thing so then i thought well maybe she threw the rock through the window because she knows or she's gotten information that the murphys are frauds no it seems as if nora is just projecting a whole lot (laughs) a whole lot onto erica and the possibility that her worst fear has come to pass which is a second departure what the hell is up with erica and the birds stay tuned because we will find out it turns out they have been dying which is supposed to happen so i was confused but then when she gave the story i was like oh that makes so much sense so she's been trying to make a wish for the past three weeks to get her baby back and that is really sad really sad in town erica is approached by the other girl's mothers about talking to the dsd guy that we have already done it we sign we sign ndas she asked what kind of questions do they ask and they say we can't tell you that but they we need to work with them and get john on board and erica says john's not refusing i am then she says well can you tell me well one she also has the fbi looking for her daughter she i believe and i hope i'm right on this she does not believe her daughter has been departed that's her worst fear is that she has been departed but deep down she knows that something happened and i think it's because she knows her daughter is trouble (laughs) uh i think that we've kind of gotten into that we of that conversation that they were having that they did not want john to know about there's something off here that i can't quite put my fingers on it but there's a desperation of behavior in this household 
And I feel like Evie is definitely that one where it's like, no, I need my my norm. And then if there's any change to that norm, like I think the departure probably like her entire life being uprooted and turned into this special holy place of voyage. I mean, that could kind of change or fuck with a teenager who has had maybe a very stable, as Erica says, you know, we look so happy. We look like the perfect family, but it's a facade. And then we also had John start beating up people (laughs) that she knows is going on. You have uh, Michael doing Michael. And then if she has some indication that her mother wants to leave and not take her with her, that might be enough to set uh, Evie off to do something rational, irrational, like fake your own departure. And I think she's hoping to find her daughter and that that's exactly what has happened and that she has not departed. Where I think John is on both sides of it. Where, because clearly he's looking to like, whose handprint? Someone was there so, some tangible earthly thing, not some miracle, change this. But at the same time, I feel like John is also of the opinion that, you know, it's possible, I feel. Once again, Nora tracks down the DSD guy who isn't regional because since this may be the first confirmed confirm second departure, Uh, They wanted to send someone with a little bit more pizzazz and that they have a new questionnaire that has been influenced by some of the lens research we find out. And he also remarks that, hey, I questioned the two other parents and there is no fraud detected. And Nora really wants a peek at this questionnaire, but he says that I can get fired because of that and I cannot show it to you however he is going to pat the satchel where said questionnaire is letting her know clearly where she can find it turns out the girls have been missing for three weeks nora asks and learns like i said about what the lensing is that people give off a certain type of radar or light whatever causing people around them to lift as they call and that it's being studied enough to be featured in a scientific journal, which tells us that the world is barely, is allowing all things to see if it sticks. <laughs> and she has him for the email. Erica is pulled into a patient room where John's latest victim is. He has been selling some of the water for an exuberant price. And she tells him that her husband is the one that whooped your ass and let him slide because she has plans tonight and she does not want to miss them because she will be stitching him up again later. He ain't wrong though what he said like yeah I'm selling this water for $500 a pop but I'm not forcing people to buy it. (laughs) And he ain't wrong he's just not if people want to be gullible and think it's holy and special who am i to tell you i would get in where i got in uh i mean 
<laughs> Everyone's going to believe anyway. Like even the one guy that Michael was trying to turn away that couple, they were like, well, you're trying to say nothing. Like if, if Michael did put in as much effort to say this, this is not special at all then they would have clearly just taken it and, and believed that it was holy. They wanted to believe it. So let them, why not? Let y'all dummy, uh, dummies pay for my college fund. Erica then goes home and sees baby Lily on top of the damn truck and I almost lost my shit. Really? The baby? I wondered if the Murphys felt any kind of way because I know if this were my parents... <laughs> <laughs> or almost any <laughs> anybody that I know they'd be like look at that white people care for that black baby oh no you best believe we would be on you like white on rice baby Lily would have been the best taking care of baby in the neighborhood or else you were here never mind you don't take care of your own damn kids as well <laughs> baby Lily will be under divine guidance or nine six kids and and whatever news station will be out but erica is nice and she takes the baby to the front door and she doesn't say anything mean because nora's in there doing the same thing her brother does filling mary's head with narcissistic obsessions except this is not nora's fault which i figured because i was like nora doesn't drive the truck right I didn't think so. But maybe they both tried the truck. I'm not paying no attention. But it's not on Nora. It's on Kevin. Uh, and then the, the women just exchanging stories how their children left their vicinity and sometimes uh, clear across town and how it happens. What the hell is the world coming to? Bitch, not in 11 damn years has it happened. What do you mean? it's okay it's normal like i see your kid crawling from maybe right where you were at and then you turn around and they're all the way in the fucking living room in a drawer sure that's reasonable <laughs> when she said at somebody else's house waiting to be picked up i'm like what <laughs> how old was your child at this point in time and that it happened to both parents oh yeah my daughter did that too and that's when erica finds out that both her children are departed and that's where you can see the storm brewing between the women because nora is disbelieving like uh-uh your, your child ain't fucking departed and you have erica who is you know she don't know quite yet that nora has clearly pegged her to be her nemesis but she picked the wrong one she goes to kevin who is having a very very heated argument with patty about the drywalling or stripping wallpaper but he's like oh shit i forgot lily i took her to the hardware store and she's like it's fine kevin it's totally fine we make these mistakes all the time and i feel nora is very much like erica when she's dealing with her husband like you're always fucking up and i'm always telling you it's okay <laughs> she says well you need to take a shower and get dressed because we're going to the murphy's and the other people's fundraiser because that's the neighborly thing to do although they did not help with matt's situation with mary and she says matt got himself banished which is factual 
We check in with the Murphys and John is pretty useless if he's not beating somebody's ass because he got that cardboard and I'm not sure what he was doing with that tape. He don't know where Erica's hearing aid batteries are even though they should be in this fucking drawer because that's the last place I put them. She says, I'll get another pair upstairs. Don't worry about it. He's like, well, do you really think it's my fault that someone threw a rock to my window? Why the fuck? We already had this conversation this morning. You want to feel better for having us under assault for your actions. And she calls them out that you need to hit people because you like to hit people. And he said he's trying. And he looks all mopey. And then she's like, oh, here I gotta go. Lifting you up again. But who lifts me? That's what I would be asking myself. And I'm sure that's what she is asking herself in this moment. Then she looks out of the broken window and sees Michael holding hands with Jill. Since it did not come up at all that he, she would have a problem with this i think she was just looking like and look at him just no one even cares here he comes where he goes he got his own life this man does not need us at all <laughs> she's like if only he could have been okay because he he didn't went and got himself a girlfriend he's gonna be married next week nora is taking mary to see matt then going to meet dad at the fundraiser when jail comes in to say that she's going with michael and I don't need your permission. Nora's like, okay, that's fine. Cause I think he's cute and nice. Um, I'm thinking, don't you need your dads? But apparently dad is just a word that they use to describe Kevin from time to time. Allison Herbert calls once again and says, look, um, I know what my colleague did was wrong. And that now that she's read the research, like we believe you're a lens and would like to discuss in person their divisive research which i already knew when she said divisive what was coming next because it is based on demon possession not today satan not today when he said or she said the demon Azrael, i started laughing too i said are you serious how is this in a scientific journal houseway Erica really got herself a stowaway bag like she is in an abusive relationship and this is misery. What in the hell is going on? What is happening? Where I mean she got a whole bunch of money stashed. Then she gets her hearing aids. Someone drops a dish off but she does not put the hearing aids in and I love that we get this whole scene with Erica's muffled hearing in the backdrop as she gives chase to this kid and she almost gets ran over by a car that doesn't stop her she jumps on the kid and says now tell me why you put in pies on my front porch this leads her to i think this guy's name is virgil to drive to his house and be like what the fuck are you doing dropping pies off he says i'm dropping them off because you're in pain she says you dropped it off on the night that it was John's birthday and he says that you were on pain you were in pain that night too. Now, is this her daddy or John's daddy? I am not sure. I don't think they make it very clear. But 
something feels maybe John <laughs> but she clearly knows what's going on because she's like you know you're supposed to stay away he says is this about Michael praying with me he didn't have to bust Michael out like that you damn well because she would have just said why are you praying with my son she asked about the pie she didn't ask nothing about her children <laughs> and he uh he also says that why don't you take yourself a bird with you and she says why would i want a fucking bird and that was weird because it's like he knows exactly what she's doing and he does seem to have some mystical fucking powers but he also did something really bad really really bad and he knows he can never be forgiven for it not really but he's still breathing so i'm family matt has turned his new group of hippies and the carnival outside of miracle into his new congregation by refusing to let anyone suffer more than he or take his place and he says suffering breeds compassion and i'm like yeah i know that's your model of life because she brings food and he's like oh no we share everything around here he is also excited about this OB appointment that Mary is going to have. My thing is, if you're supposed to be in, Mar- in Miracle all the time, how can you leave? Like, what's the time time deficit on when it's not good for her to be away from Miracle? No explanation there. Then he asks if she woke up. He's like, give it time. Um what else oh matt reads her for filth about her intentions of taking mary to the murphy's fundraiser thing because he knows that she's being passively hostile towards them and knows that taking mary there when the murphy's clearly don't believe that she's anything miraculous could be a a way to rub it in their faces but shit the murphy's got bigger fish to fry than nora's petty problems she's like don't bring me into your bullshit john tries to get romantic with erica as she is dressed up for the evening by putting on her necklace but she is not having any of it and he remarks evie always liked that necklace on you she always had hints that she wanted you to give it to her and erica's like yeah i read those hints but i wanted to keep this for myself i think that's an important thing i actually think that's an important parental like sometimes when you give everything to everyone in a family you can very much feel like you're losing yourself so it's another insight onto the reveal later that erica definitely wants to escape what she feels like is a cage i think it's also a nice touch to have the reference to the bird in the box too because it's another analogy for it erica confronts michael in his room on his meeting with virgil that's gotta stop your father would freak out if he knew and apparently the last time these two men interacted virgil got shot so michael says all men deserve forgiveness and she says not him nora gets a call from surprise surprise because she's like if you call this number again i'm gonna fucking kill you um this is Lori. hi i sound like a strung out addict i'm smoking a cigarette i definitely all those cigarettes i was smoking for those years have taken their toll on my voice 
yeah, I got your number off the internet, which no, no, you didn't. <laughs> I just don't, unless you had your shit on Facebook. I see no reason you can't type in a person's name and just immediately get their phone number if it's not a landline. And then she asked if Tom is there. Nora's like, I've never met Tom a day in my life. Is something wrong? Is everything okay? And she says, uh, just tell him I'm worried about him and that I'm sorry. And Nora's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this fucking family. Notice she did not tell Kevin. Nora goes in to Kevin finally being there with the baby in tow. And she makes them sit in, uh, what's his face? George's direction. Cause she clearly wants to know what's uh, what's going on with the research and it influencing the new questionnaire when she says, I read that article and it's full of shit. Then he also has the questionnaire conveniently in his satchel at her feet that she is going to pilfer and just a little bit. I didn't forget the other part that made me laugh out loud when Nora calls herself being like, oh, I'm just going to verbally give my huge $500 donation. And that lady was like, okay, so that'll be PayPal. (laughs) She's like, oh, you mean I have to give it right now? What was I thinking? I don't know what fundraisers you've been to, but at a black one, commitment means paying at the door. it's not just a black one I'm being funny there I didn't think that was just like so like that's the thing because remember she went to Holy Wayne and she busted out that PayPal Kevin is like bitch we already broke why do you keep giving away our money and he don't say nothing he he has no say because he has less money than she does then we see the choir musical and Erica's face was mine during any musical and she looks over at her son who's eyeballing her Nora manages to get all of uh the sneak peek in she just steals the damn thing (laughs) when someone thought it was a good idea to start singing Rihanna stay and just as the crescendo is being reached Jerry shows up with his plastic and his sacrificial goat. And Erica's like, nah, Jerry. Go. Go. Bring all your white people with you. Because y'all niggas got to exit right now. She then just loses her shit at this moment. Because everyone's like, oh, just let him. Let Jerry do his thing. And there's a lady there in her wedding dress. And I'm glad we confronted it right then and there. Because it's like, why? Is this because that why she don't take it off? That's exactly why she tried on her wedding dress the day of the departure and she thinks that saved her. So now she wears her wedding dress every day. Uh, he's same thing going on with the goat. He sacrificed the goat and people was like, oh, Jay must have saved us all. And then my favorite was when John tried to step in like, come on, babe, don't be like this. And she's like, John, there are no miracles in miracle. How come Jerry gets a pass? wow I felt that look that look she gave her husband was a whole bunch of suppressed rage (laughs) then she tells everyone we're not special my daughter is gone she's departed and then she takes off with the fucking goat 
like there's if she's departed then there's nothing special about miracle i think that was her point of this all of this shit y'all doing if she departed as you're all trying to tell me that she did then miracle's not fucking special nothing saved us nora have stolen the questions and have gone to the murphy's home to ask said questions to her saying look you can look at them that you're scared like she's very much telling erica how she's feeling which it was not sitting well with me and i'm glad that erica was because she even had the same thing like what like oh i'm scared is that what she's like well come on in you want to read me the question she's like well this will prove that your daughter did not get departed she was like well that's what i want so yeah sure come on ask me these damn questions we do find out some interesting information evie and michael are twins and the way that nora is asking these questions it's almost as if she's if she's in her job capacity however it feels like she wants to judge here in a way that her job has allowed her to do and that makes her very caudacious <laughs> and we'll get to that scene or that moment nora finds it weird that erica doesn't recall the last thing evie said to her erica admits that she did withdraw a thousand dollars from the bank because she was gonna leave her husband like oh you're surprised you think we're a happy family my grandma told her when she was young that this place was special it was a signal from heaven and god garden of eden and that there was a way to prove it and she said that if you were to put a bird in a box and wait three days and the bird was and make your wish and then if you open the box and the bird flew away and survived because that's an impossibility because she's a doctor i love how she broke down the the actual statistics then your wish would be granted she says but i'm not an idiot i know it's all pretend from the wishes to the miracles to fucking religion even though i go to church every sunday it's all pretend to her but she knows that the departure was in fact real it happened no one in that town left and then one day she was driving down the road and she found a half dead bird she says do you think i nursed it back to health nora like the bird is half dead i'm not 10 years old i'm not trying to save it so she decided why not i'm gonna bury this box and waited three days she made her wish which was that her kids would be okay when she left because she needed to go like the way she said like i got to get the hell up out of here because pretending is hard and she knew evie michael would be fine but evie would be the one that did not understand michael had his faith so she wanted her daughter to be okay and that's what she wished for clearly that was not what happened and her daughter disappeared and after confessing in this huge momentous close-up shot of their face scene nora says not only do i think that's bullshit but no bird explained why other people departed my kids fucking departed and you know i used to do the same thing blame myself it's fucking pathetic and that terrible things happen all the time in the world 
But the one good thing is it's none of it's our fault. So all of this rationalization that you're doing, Erica, is quite a stretch of the imagination. And she does not take well to it. Erica, who wanted to come across that couch and take the Holy Spirit out of her, uh, says, oh, okay, I, I see what you are. I have peeped you now. <laughs> and she asked, well, did your children, did they die or did they depart? She says, excuse me, did they die or did they depart? And she says that they departed. Then she asked her, well, what was the last thing your kids said to you? So no, because that's what uh, she said before. Like, I've moved past that. You ain't moved past shit. And being unable to confront that in the face of all of what this woman just said to her um, makes her cry and she grabs her shit and leaves. Come on and check yourself before you begin to wreck yourself. So take it and check yourself before you wreck yourself. Big dicks in your ass is bad for your hair. Nora comes home to Kevin sitting on the couch needing her. She's like, look, babe, tomorrow. Never mind, I'm crying and you haven't asked if I'm okay. Do I need anything? What's on my mind? No, Kevin says, I need you now. It's important. And she puts aside everything she's dealing with and makes her life about the family, about Kevin and his issues that are huge because when he says, let's not pretend I'm not losing my mind, which is true. She's making excuses for the fact that no, it's not normal that he is handcuffed to the bed every night. And the fact that he left the baby on the fucking hood of his car. Like these are not like he understands these are not great things. This is a sign of really negligent and unhealthy behavior. And he says the reason for that is because I have been seeing Patty. She says, but she's dead. Ah! I get you processing girl, but come on now. <laughs> then uh, she says, well, is Patty here right now? Yes. Is she talking to you? Yes. What is she saying? That I should not have told you about her and that I made a big fucking mistake. And just as she's saying those words, Erica lets her know, bitch, I knew you threw a fucking rock through my window. And here is the favor. <laughs> Here's me returning said favor and throws the rock through her window. I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. I just wanted to just jump up and down for joy because <laughs> it's the most brilliant way to end an episode particularly how Nora was trying to play a game but unlike Nora Erica very much understands and accepts what her reality is and what the truth of that reality is and even though she is finding you know you don't want to believe in this supernatural fine that's that's fine but your rage it, it, your my situation your situation not the same even though you see the similarities we're not the same people uh and you don't throw stones if you live in a glass house and if you got a glass jaw you better watch your mouth so i'll break your face anyhow that is the end of the episode really good one 
I cannot wait to get into the next. So if you want to send feedback on the next episode of Leftovers, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic.